Atlanta's number one radio stations. Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6. Radio stations has you covered. From our studios to our newsroom at KLP Entertainment. Listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube and more. Coming after you. Go to plan B. Okay, great. What is that? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Ready PG 13. Everybody hates the taking off and putting on your shoes nightmare at the airport. But now, there's an easier way. New hands-free Skechers slip-ins. With new Skechers slip-ins, you just step in and go. Without bending down or looking for a place to sit. Try new machine washable hands-free Skechers slip-ins. These caramel cold brew M&M's are like M&M's with a coffee shop vibe. Maybe too much of a coffee shop vibe. This next one is about the importance of friendship, so I'm going to maintain eye contact while I sing it. Oh, boy. The entire world watched. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And humanity saw that the sky was not the limit. Achievement. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Welcome back to another exciting podcast here today. Morning, everybody. KLP Aftermath Season 6. I'm your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas. Welcome back to another exciting podcast. As I said before, it is July 25th, guys. It's Tuesday. Hopefully, you guys are staying cool. It's very, 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 very hot. It's going to be another hot week. I don't know, Simone. It's been it's been a hot week, and it's been a stormy, rainy week. I remember one day out of last week my sister came in town and she needed to see uh the new house right now we all know i moved to a new house previously we all know about that so she went and saw the she came over and saw the uh saw the house and it was a stormy stormy night right it was storms everywhere um leaves and 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 trees was flowing everywhere everything was flowing everywhere getting to the when i was coming home that same day, traffic had was at a standstill. Not too much for where I was coming from, but traffic was terrible. So uh, I do glad that all my loved ones out there stayed safe. I checked in with a lot of people, um, just family members, sisters, brothers, uh, friends, close circles. If you uh, and I, this is what I said, Simone. If they're out and about, get home, right? Because it is storming. We don't know what the storm is going trying to do. Get home. Stay at home. Um, so it's been a it's been a wet week last week with rains and, and sunshines, but then it also has been a, a a good hot week, right? We've got some rain, and then now the sun is out beaming, record blowing of of the hottest summer uh, thus far. So uh, to the whole point of this, I do hope that people stay nice and, and cool indoors, have your AC cranked to a good temperature. Um, it is true when you're outside too much, you do get hot. Um, you do get fatigue, you do get headaches, you, your energy is drained. I remember uh, it, this what had to been Thursday, I was outside doing some outside work and I had got too hot. And when I was getting too hot, I overheated. If you, you know, overheated, my energy was drained, I was dehydrated, I had a headache, I wasn't feeling well. So I do say to a lot of people, if you're outside, stay hydrated and stay indoors as much as you can. That's my spiel, that's my PSA for public safe uh, safety announcement. Simone... Miss Monteeks is here in the building. We've got her here. Monica's here. James is here. Everybody's here because we do have a Grand Slam podcast today. So I, I get very, very excited for this. But Simone, enough of me babbling. It's a good day. It's a good morning. We've got our coffee here in the desk, ready to start our day. Simone, how are you, honey? Weekend's going by too short, Kennedy. That's all I can say. I'm just kidding. Very, very good. It's good to be back here in the studio, Swanky Studios. That is a ladies, a gentleman. 
It's your girl, Simone Teagues, ready for another exciting podcast today. I'm excited for for my segment, uh, a tea with Simone Teagues later, because we were switching we're switching things up a bit with this segment. You guys will know what we're talking about in a minute. Um, but yes, good. Um, another weekend where we didn't have too much going on. You know, I, me and Kevin, we really get to, we really try to make sure that we enjoy our weekends. I know a lot of people go out for the weekends and they celebrate and they, they do the thing on the weekends. But for me, if I, if, if me and my girlfriends don't want to go out drinking or whatever, what have you go to Piedmont Park, whatever we do, if we don't want to do that, then I'm in the house, right? Me and my girlfriends was like, hey, let's go out. And none of my girlfriends, it was like, nope, it's too hot. I'm not about to be out there sweaty. Oh, it's supposed to rain this day. I'm good. Um, so yeah, it's been a very, very good, quiet, not lonesome, because Kevin was at the house, obviously, but it was a very, you know, just quiet weekend. And I think I do want to encourage a lot of of people out there, our peeps out there, to when you have the weekend to come about, have the weekend for yourself. Um, self-love, self, self-training, self-love, self-care, staying in the house, relaxing for a minute before a long, busy week. And that's one of the things that I've been learning to do the most, Kennedy, is just enjoying the weekend. So usually when I'm out on weekends, I'll tell you how the weekend is. But honestly, I just had a quiet weekend, right? Had a good day today, though. Of course, we were on set and and. You gave me the okay to talk about it. It, it feels so good to be an animated uh, animation studio. If you guys don't know, uh, I do animate. So I help Kennedy and the whole KLP Entertainment uh, team animate. And of course, we were animating for your new show, your new limited series called Drafted. I'm so excited because this was the this was the story. I was so excited to to, to tell them when we read the script. And got things, got the characters uh, sculpted with Unreal Engine, and it just, oh, it gets me giddy. It gets me very, very excited. Um, fun fact about me, yes, I do dabble in Unreal Engine, so a lot of our fan base don't know that, that side of me, but yes, I do. So I'm excited. I'm ready for that as well. Um, sorry, Katie, I might have teased everybody early with it, but I'm just very, very getting ready, ready for another podcast, though. Super ready. I am. Super excited, uh, real quick to a, to a lot of people. Yes, uh, our new series, uh, drafted. Oh, I look. I've been in the studio pretty much all day trying to put that that thing together, and it's it's coming together uh, swiftly, guys. So, I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm stoked. I'm ex- just. I'm really really excited because it's you know it's, it's a list of characters that is you know it's a full list of characters that you know number one they're all black cast league. So that gets me giddy as well. And this is actually our first limited series, right? I've never done a series. I've done movies before. I've never done series like this one, Simone. So I get very, very, uh, very, very giddy. I get very, very excited. And I I have something to look forward to, um, like our sponsor. That's something else that I look forward to. Yes, we have a sponsor here for today, KLP Aftermath Season 6. And as always... Today's episode is brought to you by Jim Weed Energy Drink. Guys, I cannot express how much I love this energy drink. I drink it almost every time I go to the gym. And I say almost because I only go to the gym three times a week, right? I've, I've, I used to go once a week. Now I'm up to three times a week. Jim Weed is that energy drink. Simone, I'm not kidding. This is a drink that it's really, really amazing because it gives you the energy that you need. It's sweet, but not too sweet to where you feel sick within your workout. And it just tastes phenomenal. And it just gives you that pep up energy. Um, shout out to Jim uh, Weed Energy Drink, guys. You can go to stores and buy this. Or shout out to Crunch Snellville. They always have a case of them to where I buy a, a, a can of Jim Weed before as a pre-workout, a pre-energy drink before I get ready for Clang and Bang. So, again, Jim Weed. It's an awesome drink, guys. I, I cannot hype that enough. I've had many, many energy drinks, right? I've had C4. C4 makes me itch, right? I drink it. I have an irritation to it. Celsius was the number one. But then Jim Weed came into the corner. And then I started drinking Jim Weed energy drink. And, yes, this gives me the, the energy that I need. 
It does. Uh, hence the name. It doesn't have any weed in it. <laughs> THC free, right? So uh, that's just the, the slogan. That's the name. Um, it's a cool name, but rest assured there's no weed into it. It's purely an energy uh, type drink. So really, uh, really is really, really is hot on the market. It's really, really hot on the market. Speaking of what's hot on the market, too hot to handle for Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, too hot to handle for Netflix. Season five is now available on Netflix, of course. They're doing this thing where it's kind of weird, right? Because they're doing this ongoing, ongoing series type of thing to where I don't know how I feel about that simply because, you know, when it's an ongoing series like that, um, you know, it's ongoing, right, Simone, right? Uh, when I first started season, this current season, I only got to saw four episodes and then uh, obviously past Friday they released some episodes I kind of wish they just released all of it at once like they used to do um, I, I'm not sure if Netflix is trying to compete with uh, HBO Max rather they're trying to do each episode each week and and because that's something HBO Max is doing right I I think Netflix should just stick to their stick stick to releasing a full season so we can binge, binge watch right but I kind of get it Right, because if they have it to where an episode is episodic, right, where every Friday you see a new episode, then you they're keeping their numbers. People are coming back for more. So I kind of get it business wise, but from a fan standpoint, I want to binge watch, right? I want to go in, I want to watch the entirety of the whole season. So season five is here, and of course, we've had a whole new list of um. I don't want to say superstars. They're not superstars, but they're just models and 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 horny young things that's trying to get it in. So we have Isaac, we have Courtney, we've got Dre. Dre's my favorite because he's from Atlanta. Hannah, uh, Lewis. We got some things about Lewis. Uh, Elise, Alex, uh, Christine, Hunter, and Megan. Those are the top people that's in the show thus far. I don't know if they're bringing new people on to this scene, of course. If you guys don't know what uh, Too Hot to Handle is, it's, it's a hit Netflix show. It's a dating show to where these young adults come onto this island thinking that it's another show. And they think they can just get to know each other and really get it in and have sex. But it turns out Too Hot to Handle. You have Lana, the cone. Um, she's having some rules because the whole... It's kind of like a it's like a, a experiment, right? A social experiment to where you really got to get to know people uh, and build uh, relationships, right? You got to build that relationship between each other to see if that's your true match and to see if that's your long time partner. Now, these young things, I'm looking at 24 year olds, 25 year olds, 23, 22. So they're young, right? They're very, very young. Um very very young cast for this season um and they're hot right they're hot they muscled and swole and abs and you can see veins from arms you can see nice ass and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way but i mean it's you know nice ass right so you get to really see all of these people break out of their shell um you can really tell that this season so far that what i've seen that this season this this cast doesn't care about the money simone right so obviously there's money involved if you do not and here, here's the kicker and i know a lot of people probably seen the show but here's the kicker if you do end up portraying sex kissing humping uh graphic uh fornication of any kind right it gets caught on camera but of course they're not going to show it because it's a tv show they get money deducted and let me tell you this money gets deducted really really harshly right even a kiss can cost you $10,000. Sex can cost you up to most of $48,000. Right? So they get a $200,000 $200, price fund for all 10 of these cast leads. And, you know, you really get to do the math here. Let me do the math real quick. Because we got the calculator. So let's say you got $200,000 divided by 10. You're looking at $20,000 per person, right? And I, I probably think that was simple math there, but, you know, I took remedial math in college, so I'm not good at math. But $20,000 you receive in your bank account. These guys blow this money 
very, very quickly, right? Now, you got Isaac. He's torn between tw two women, right? He's torn between Courtney and uh, not Hannah, but what's the other one? Not Elise. Well, I have the cast list right here. Or maybe it was Hannah. Or no, it was another uh, girl that's came in, that came on previously. So Isaac is torn between uh, two two women, right? He's torn. Uh, Courtney, she's beautiful, and then they built that that relationship before. But now, you know, when new new young thing comes in, he's looking at the fresh fresh one, right? I ain't even gonna say fresh meat, so it's small because it's kind of sexist there. But very very excited for that as well. You got Dre now, Dre. Dre my dog Simone, because he came in looking for an intimate relationship but when he heard money was involved all of that went out the window right um I, I think this is a crutch for, for Dre um and I don't mean this in a bad way because Dre and I'm, there's this bio right here Dre has 12 siblings right I could not imagine having 12 other siblings right I only got two sisters and two brothers that's it that's all I can handle, right? It's too hot to handle with him because he has 12 siblings. Yeah, you like that what I did, Simone. So I can kind of see why he need this money because you want to look back at your siblings. You want to make sure all of them are straight. He's a, he's a family man. I get it. I understand. Um, but it's kind of a crunch for him because he's only thinking about the money at this point, right? So when he's thinking about that money at this point, he tends to forget about trying to build that intimate uh relationship and i think that's a i think that's a crutch for him i really do because everybody deserves love everybody needs love right i can honestly come on and say it's hard to find love nowadays because we're in this current generation but love is love and you need it so it's very very interesting now lewis and christine them two motherfuckers and i haven't finished the season yet but i'm just doing a rough review them two motherfuckers they messing it up for everybody, right? They spent the most money. Now, the most money that they spent, uh, you know, was, I want to say it was the $48,000 they spent. Now, of course, Lana gave them the opportunity to rebel. And if, you know, they put them in the private suite and if they don't fornicate, they get their money back, right? Is there redemption when it comes down to that? But Christine, yeah, she's horny, but she's cute. I, I get it. I like her because she got that natural hair, that natural afro flowing there. I understand, but they gonna mess it up for everybody, right? Now you've got uh, Alex and Hunter. Now I gotta say, Alex came out on top with this because honestly, it was uh, Elise and Hunter. They were trying to get form a, a connection there, and you know, at the time being, you know, you get excited, you meet somebody, you really get to know them. But then when you really get to know them, go on dates, you may not be feeling them, right? So, of course, that's why at least uh, she went to uh, Alex instead, because Alex has that that charisma. You know, he, you can you can crack. He can crack a joke and make him make him smile. Hunter and that one episode, Hunter and Elise went on a date and he, he couldn't think of anything to say. Now, if every time that I go on a date, I talk about I don't talk about so much serious stuff. Right. But, you know, I'm an adult. So we talk about adult things sometimes. But sometimes here and there, I'm a crack a joke. Right. That's the sense of humor. Right. I got to show you my sense of humor when it comes down to it, because if I'm not showing you that sense of humor, then the date is stale. Right. And all I can think of is nice weather we're having. Oh, that's a nice lamp over there. Oh, the lighting is so good in here. Right. That's a stale, boring conversation. I'm going to crack a joke whenever I can slide in a joke. So that's how I do it. And that's where Hunter, he kind of fell off because Elise wanted somebody to, to, to make her laugh. So Megan, I feel for Megan. Honestly, I look. She looks she looks cute in this picture. But when she and I look, I'm not I'm not I'm not hating. I guess I'm hating Simone. But look, when I first saw Megan, I was like, Ugh, who is that? Her face looked like rough it, it looks it, at first it looked rough but in the bio picture she does look cute right i don't know i i think it's a little bit or I, I don't know what it is it's just like i would feel kind of terrified and i'm not saying i'm some spring chicken right I, look i'm cute but I, some people might find me ugly and that's cool 
But at first, she looked ugly. <laughs> she did. Um, but now seeing her profile, you know, it, it, she looks kind of cute in this. My favorite is Christine, uh, simply because, uh, first things first, she's a black woman. So I love my black women. I do. They're so beautiful. But then she, she knows what she wants. But she's a little she's a little horny too much, right? So I really do hope later in the season she really finds that connection with Mr. Lewis. Now let me tell you, Mr. Lewis, just 22, he's a British boy, the youngest in this year's singles. This guy here, he don't care, right? He don't care. He going in for it. Right, he's going in for Christine, and at first he was a little bit conflicted. He didn't know what he was going to do at first, right? But then ultimately he, he chooses uh, Christine, and, you know, everybody loved him. He was the number one pick for every every uh, girl out there, right? Everybody wanted him, but Christine snatched him up for sure. Good show. Uh, we did get two new characters. Let me t- see if I can quickly get those um, newer newer people in here. We did get some newer um contestants on the show as well but i don't think they've gotten they've been added uh to this list quite just yet yeah they just have the day one cast so i can kind of go off um you've got this guy his name is bryce is in the show i don't think i've gotten to that episode yet um you've got Lindsay from hawaii i didn't get to that episode yet i don't think um trey i did see his episode he's coming out of chicago he wanted to get with christine at first but he didn't you know you know lewis came out on on top there yasmin was the girl that was conflicted between her and courtney with isaac i did see that episode um she has kind of a uh almost like a spanish feel to her and in the episode um isaac is more attracted to you know the uh women who have a spanish uh descent in it so very very cool it's a good show guys i really recommend you guys checking it out this show frustrates me so much um i think desiree the 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 commentary she's funny but okay because i say this very very lightly because she's probably making money from commentating over the episodes i think her commentating is a little bit too much to me in my opinion where i kind of get annoyed um that's just how i feel i just think the commentary should be toned down just a little bit i get it you have to sell the show but i would say calm down on the commentary because it's it's a little bit annoying to me i was i kept trying to watch the episode and see what's going on and you would hear the commentary over exaggerate and that, that would annoy the fuck out of me it annoys me so much um but besides that it's a good show watch all the seasons honestly from netflix but season five i say it's the frustrating one because they just can't keep their hands to themselves for the sake of this two hundred thousand dollars i really feel bad for trey because trey really wants his money and money's getting deducted left left and right so yeah that's a it's good show go watch it i really enjoy uh enjoyed it so far i'm going to continue watching it for sure but I cannot wait for, for, for sure. Now, coming up next, we've got Monica up in the studio. She's going to give us more of her beautiful relationship advice. I do have to say real quick, because we do have the camera on as well, uh, to the KLP Aftermath Reels. Of course, we started doing the Reels here. I uh, will be taking bits and pieces of the show, having the KLP cam, and to do a camera version of this podcast. So again, subscribe to the channel over at KLP Entertainment. Monica, what we got for you today? So today we are going to be talking about one of my passion projects, okay, of a subject, which is NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Now, I have two videos, it's a two-part series that I made that I studied very intently called Psychopath Free. We like to use the word, I want to say, narcissist a lot in society. And this episode is going to be, hopefully, serve as a way to debunk and discern the difference between narcissistic personality disorder versus narcissistic personality traits. Because you guys are going to learn that just because someone displays the traits doesn't necessarily mean that they have the disorder. And I think it's really important to make the distinction 
of the two and also discern the difference as well. So let's jump right into it. We have a great story time also that I'm going to be sharing with Haley's permission. She has given me uh, the permission to tell her story uh, on today. So I'm going to do her justice and tell you guys what's going on with her in regards to her actually dealing with someone that actually I believe has this now I want to make this little disclaimer before you know you never know what you're gonna get on the internet because it's the internet I know that if you are a quality queen <laughs> if you were listening to quality Queen control and if you are watching Asia Christina's channel that you are a very positive person you're a very progressive person but for the people that I don't know maybe this might cross their path I want it to be known no I am not a doctor I am not a psychologist and any I'm just someone that is certified in mental health okay so take that with what you will now what exactly is narcissistic personality disorder I'm looking down at my notes just for reference you guys just so that we're very clear and we get all these points in my mind was spinning a million miles a minute because I love talking about mental health and human psychology so narcissistic personality disorder is a mental health condition characterized by a grandiose sense of self-importance, a constant need for admiration and validation from others, and a lack of empathy for others. Now, a lot of psychologists actually believe that narcissism runs on a spectrum, and I have to say, I really do agree with that sentiment because of the fact that I don't, I find it very difficult to believe based on the statistics that we're gonna get into in a, in a moment, how few people actually do have this disorder. It is my personal belief that it is only the small percentage because it is undiagnosed because, well, people actually with this disorder do not think there's anything wrong with them. So wouldn't it make sense that it would be underreported? But that's just my personal opinion. So in other cases, narcissism is so extreme that it can interfere with a normal, healthy life or normal, healthy functionality of life. So this is known as Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD. And it is very important to note that not all individuals that have narcissistic traits have NPD. However, those that do, they often exhibit these core features. So there's a difference between traits and the disorder. So that's what we're gonna get into today. So let's talk statistics really quickly. This is what I told you I find very, very fascinating. Interestingly enough, people that have narcissistic personality disorder, it's actually much less common than we think. I know, crazy, because we always hear about things like this, right? People sitting in their car on TikTok talking about how I survived a narcissist. I'm not making fun of it, but I mean, well, it is true. So approximately, and apparently, only approximately 5% of the population in the United States, or one in 200 people actually have this disorder. Am I the only person that finds this very <laughs> alarming? Now, there are interestingly enough significant gender differences in terms of narcissistic personality disorder. I'm just going to abbreviate and say NPD because quite frankly, I am tired of saying the full exact word, okay? so. 75% of men have NPD uh, when it comes to, well, NPD. Now, let me refer to a slide that I have on here that I actually want to read because I find it to be very fascinating. So in terms of um, demographics, right? So two to 6% of people that are seeking help, mental health help from, no, let me actually say that. Two to six percent of those seeking help from mental health clinics have NPD. Six percent of forensic analysis have NPD. Twenty percent of people in the military have NPD. And 17 percent of first year med students. Are, are we? Wow. That well, that was very astonishing to me. Now, usually narcissistic personality disorder appears first in early adulthood. And just for fun fact, it's not more, there is no prevalence 
in terms of any ethnicities, so there is no specific ethnicity that has NPD more than the other. So, you guys know I always talk about dating. So I want to talk about today specifically what NPD looks like in regards to a romantic dynamic. This is, this is probably going to be one of the most important videos that you guys actually listen to because I'm sure that as we're listening to this, as we're watching this, that there are things that you can relate to. Again, doesn't mean that that person is narcissistic. They could have a trait because remember, it runs on a spectrum, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a disorder, the actual disorder. So these things can be relative to both, I'm sure platonic and romantic dynamics, but just for today's episode, I want to gear more towards romantic dynamics. So as you guys know, MPD can significantly affect and impact the dynamics and create a lot of challenges for people. So let's discuss what the core features of NPD are and how they manifest in our romantic dynamics. Now this I screenshotted, okay? According to the American Psychological Association, there are a set of guidelines of how to diagnose NPD that psychologists refer to when they interview a patient. And these symptoms are listed in their official book. If you guys know the book that psychologists use, um, which is the DSM-5, according to this, well, one is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, making themselves appear impressive. And I'm going to divulge in, you know, more into this, but I'm just going to list them for right now. A need for admiration, shocking, wow, baffling, in other news, water is wet. Fantasies about power, success, beauty, or an idealized vision of love, a sense of entitlement, belief in a belief of being special, unique, or of high status, lack of empathy for others, a tendency to exploit others, and arrogant behavior. And it also states that people with NPD spend a significant amount of time comparing themselves to others. They often have fantasies about being exceptionally successful in their careers, and some individuals with this condition consider themselves to be superior to others while others are overly critical of their own flaws. People with NPD may be highly resistant to criticism or highly sensitive to perceived slights. I thought that was very fascinating because even people that have this woe is me, woe is me victim mentality can also be diagnosed or possess narcissistic type of traits. Wow, powerful. So, firstly, in a romantic dynamic, emotional manipulation. They're gonna use these tactics, right? Another buzzword, gaslighting, okay? Guilt tripping or emotional coercion right? To control you and undermine their sense of reality. They're even, they're going to invade on your emotions. There are, they are emotional terrorists. That's exactly what they are. And they make you doubt your own perceptions. Now let's get into a little bit of a story time here. And Hale, I hope I represent you well. So my best friend Haley ended up unfortunately encountering someone that I truly believe is a textbook narcissist. So she was going to the gym looking fly as ever and as she always does and this guy approaches her in the parking lot. He is very sure of her. It's like divine intervention that, that he met her. He comes, you know, presenting himself as a very established type of individual and he basically asks her for her number. And I do remember her calling me and telling me that that interested in him, but eh, whatever, she's gonna, he's not you know, an unattractive individual um, or anything, but she just wasn't really sure. So he was very, very smothering very early on. And that's something that I was really paying attention to is the fact that he was a lot very soon. It's like he would call her all the time on the phone. Um, he said to her, I want to take you on a date, you, me, date, like now, sort of thing. And not going to lie, like initially, you know, it could be perceived, because this was her first time ever encountering something like this, as, okay, this guy seems like he knows what he wants, and 
I mean, sure, fine, like, we'll go on a date. So they end up going on a date to this really nice place, and they were holding hands. I remember her telling me about it. It was really, really great, and it was nice. And then, uh, after that, the, the smothering kept continuing, where he would take up all her time, calling her on the phone. Um, it got to a point, without getting into every single nitty-gritty detail, where he was consuming a lot of her time. Things got so bad in terms of the smothering, she always felt an underlying feeling of, mm, I don't really know about this situation. And I was like, hmm, me neither. I do feel like he's very smothering with you. And it got to the point where she had to literally tell him that she was going to spend two weeks at the shore and she gave her and tell him that she gave her phone to her assistant just so that he would leave her alone. And I remember when she told me that, and I'm thinking, if you feel that strongly that you're gonna have to do something like that, now my guard is up and I'm concerned because I'm thinking, why does he feel this need to like always be in the know of what you're doing, where you're going, all these different things. And it didn't even come across as like, I guess in the moment, like it was super aggressive, like I need to know where you're at. It was, hey, what are you doing? Do you wanna hang out? Like, you know what I mean? That sort of energy. So it's easy to kind of misread it. You understand what I'm saying? So she was like, Aish, like, honestly, I'm going to just like say this to him just so I can like, you know, let, let him off easily and not be around him so much. But he said, wait, before you go, um, is there any way that uh, I can just like stop by your house and like, you know, I wanted to give you flowers. I thought that was very ironic. So you mean to tell me that I'm going to go away? And he knew she was feeling overwhelmed by his, by his constant, you know, thing chasing after her in like a very smothering way by time i come around she i remember her telling me on the phone aisha you know i do have this feeling that he is kind of selfish like he doesn't do anything for me for instance if she if she suggests something what he'll do is he'll take none of those suggestions so an example of that is hmm hey hell what do you want to eat and she'll say oh let's go to wendy's or something and he'll be like Let's do Taco Bell's. What was the point of you asking me if you're going to just override what I want to do? Also, anytime she wants to go somewhere, he doesn't want to go there. He wants to go where he wants to go. There was a place that the both of them attended and she's like, hey, why don't we go to this place? It's really nice. And he was like, we were just there. I don't want to go there again. But then when she went out with one of her friends, who is a, a mutual friend of mine as well, we love her, Tiffy, um, they went out for a girls' night and this man shows up to the place that they were at on a girl's night without their permit, without Haley's permission. Again, overriding his boundaries, not respecting anything she says. He wants to see her. So he walks in that night after this, this dynamic, I'm giving a very like fast summarized version of it, by the way, um, because I only, in all truth and honesty, I only remember the latter end details that i'll get into more detail but in the very beginning it was i wasn't here but what i experienced with this person myself one-on-one -on -one, we'll get into that in a minute so i remember her calling me and telling me aish so and so came in and he came in on a girl's night with me and tiff and her parents were there and he literally told me that he loved me and I remember thinking, huh? I, I, I'm so confused. Like, it, this literally has been such a whirlwind. This has all happened in such a short time span. I mean, it was like, what, a month in or even less? And he's he's saying he loved... I could just tell from the outside looking in, and she knew it too, that this was another tactic for him to take control of the night. He wasn't invited. And his excuse for coming uninvited is, well... I, I just can't stay away from you. I, I love you. You know what? You know what? Enough. Okay? Enough. Like, as I said, I said, hell, do you believe this? And she goes, girl, I don't care. I, I don't care what he's saying. And I said, well, you know me? I said, well, do you love him? She was like, no. I'm like, okay, good. Her head is screwed on straight. That's a relief for me, right? Okay, because I would have been so concerned if she did. And so then I remember there was another instance that happened where she went out um, with her friend another time and 
she was going to go on like another date or something like that because that's not her man. <laughs> that ain't her man. Okay. And he literally gets so upset and shows up to her house. Yes. Unannounced again, shows up to her house and was like, I don't want you. Again, it's not seeming like it's scary because it seems like, man, he really is so bothered by wanting to be with her that he's showing up to show her, listen, I want you to know it actually does bother me if you go on a date with someone else. I don't want that for you. I really like you a lot and I want to be with you. How about we start dating exclusively? Exclusively, okay? What, what, whatever that means. And so she's like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I don't think that we, I'm not seeing anyone else. So I don't think that you should see anyone else either. And I could tell like Hale still wasn't really buying it, but she was just going through with the motions as many of us do. And he thought in that night that he actually prevented her from going on a date. But truthfully, he was just smothering her and she didn't even really, she wasn't even really going on that date. His behavior toward her was so crazy that he showed up to her house and was like, let's be exclusive. So you see, now we have two crazy episodes. We have the showing up on a girl's night with Tiff. I love you. Well, then we have the, uh, let's be exclusive because she's going to go on a date with someone else. I don't want anyone to have her. I don't want anyone to have her. But yet they're not officially, they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were excellent then. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, fast forward into the details in which were I was present. So all this drama is going on with them. There was even a point where she had to block his number while her and I are on the phone and she's explaining to me these events. He calls her blocked a bunch of times. There was even and and there was even another time in instance and uh, where I remember that they were supposed to have like a romantic type of night together. And he said to her, uh, hey, babe, I actually forgot that there's a game on tonight. So can we just watch the game at your house? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I've had enough. I've had enough of you. Okay. This guy cancels a, a, a romantic night and goes, let's watch the game at your house. You're way too comfortable way too soon. This is not me. And, and, and Haley caught it too. She said it. She's like, Aish, that is so weird. I literally told him, don't even bother coming. So all this time, right? You see, she's pushing him away. She's pushing him away. She's pushing him away. He keeps showing up, showing up, showing up. She's doing nothing wrong. Then out of nowhere, somehow along the lines because it was very flattering and i would have done the same thing he is very consistent and persistent in trying to consume her time right the love bombing and all these different things to where he somehow sort of convinced her that maybe she kind of liked him too maybe she maybe she kind of liked him i mean she didn't love him at all but she kind of liked him too monica 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 Guys, she's spilling some good some good advice as well. Guys, check out Monica Gray in the evening. Look, that's a show that, you know, it's all hers and she's talking some some goodness and some good stuff for, you know, all of our radio stations. Swinky ninety-three. Uh, excuse me, point three and the heat ninety-four point six. Uh please, you know, check check her out. It's there. Uh, it's a great show. Monica, thank you so very much. Of course, we've got Tea with Simone Teague coming up next. And, of course, she's spilling the tea with Simone Teague. Simone? So Boozy Badass slams Kodak Black over 6ix9ine collab and says he ain't no street dude. And check this out. So Boozy took to Instagram Live on Thursday, July 20th to put Kodak on blast for working with Takashi, whose reputation as a snitch has made him a reveled figure in the rap world. In a disappointed rant, Boozy claimed that he has no morals or principles and stated that he ain't no street dude as a result of the collaboration. 6ix9ine's manager Wack 100 also addressed the collaboration with Kodak Black, stating neither artist owes an explanation for working together. As of Friday morning, July 21st, the song in question has yet to be released. 6ix9ine first teased it on Instagram on Thursday, posting a video and photos of him and Yak shooting the accompanying visuals along with the caption, Tomorrow at Kodak Black, you guys ready? Kodak Black previously called out Boozy Badass for stealing his idea to throw an adult prom. Mm, that sounds like some good tea there. I mean, shoot, I ain't no street dude either. I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even survive if I was a street dude. <laughs> So Lil Wayne revealed that he was scared the first time he worked with Eminem. Lil Wayne is a titan when it comes to rhyming and he has been for a very long time, but he still had some doubt that crept in when it was time for him to work with Eminem for the first time. 
talking to the New York Times for its hip-hop's 50th anniversary feature on Wednesday, July 19th, Lil Wayne admitted that he was scared when he called M to collab for what ended up being the 2010 song, Drop the World. Wayne said, I was scared, actually, when I called Eminem. That is a monster. He must have the same thing I have with words. Like, we can't even get them out of our heads. Every meaning, every aspect of them, things that rhyme, we hear it. I already know the gift and the curse he has, and I love to hear the way he puts it together. When I was on The Tonight Show, I was playing Pictionary, and my thing was Harry Potter, so I drew a pot, and they got that. I drew a man with a face, I put a bunch of hair around him. They were like, wait, he's Harry. I'm like, Harry Potter. We plan our words at all times. The song Drop the World lived on Wayne's Rebirth album, and while it was his personal first song with Eminem, the pair had previously both appeared together on Drake's 2009 song Forever, along with Kanye West. They then collaborated on Eminem's recovery album later in 2010 with No Love. Big Wheezy, you know, to me, Simone, he's go. He to me, he's always gonna be the goat, right? And there, there's plenty of goats out there, you know. I mean, you you got your Jay Z's and your Kendricks and your Drakes and your Chris Browns, right? But I also got my my goats that a lot of people may not realize that they goats in my eyes. I mean, you got your Tanks and your Joe Buttons and well, all the people from Slaughterhouse, honestly. And I don't care about I don't care about they beefing. They all goats to me, right? Buster Rhymes, Coy Leroy, you know, all of those are, oh, Tech Nine and, and Strange Music entirely, Says Crew, Chris Calico, right? Recognize, look, I'm about to go on a tangent, right? We got to get on with the show, but those are all ghosts to me, so Weezy, Weezy's one of them. He's him. So, of course, coming up next, James is here in the studio to give us our latest in sports entertainment news. James? Very exciting day yesterday in the NFL. Listen, I moved out to California seven years ago, and I've gotten a little philosophical. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's all the avocado toast that I've had, which is not a lot. But, you know, quarterbacks, they're in a weird spot right now, especially this gentleman by the name of Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, had a ugly ending, shall we call it, in Green Bay. And he's now with the New York Football Jets. And... The Jets are going to be on hard knock shortly. And Aaron Rodgers took to the podium yesterday and said some stuff. Now, listen, I know he said some stuff in his career that's a little wacky and out there. He looked as reserved and calm and mature and smart as I've ever heard him. I do want to drill down just a little bit on what he was saying about growth uh, and maturity. I, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot into the destination versus the journey discussion. I know a lot of you have, and you've given it thought like when you're in your 20s, it's all about the destination, right? Oh, I got to meet a girl, get married. Oh, I got to have kids. Oh, I got to have a great career. Like, it's all about the destination in your 20s. And then you get to your 30s and you start hitting those destinations and you're like, wait a minute, uh, things are going to evolve. Not only do I want to have kids, but they got to have morals and ethics. They got to be smart for me. They got to play sports. Uh, you know, like the, the destination is constantly evolving. So for me, I'm a big journey guy. I've gotten into the journey and i've watched this aaron Rodgers journey in his career um in his career i would assume he started out wanting to win a super bowl just like any young kid who plays football right you're a high school kid oh, well, i gotta be a quarterback and win the super bowl you go to juco man i can't wait to win a super bowl get to the nfl you sit behind Favre, and then he accomplishes some of these goals right you win a super bowl a couple mvp awards but what happened last year in green bay the wheels kind of fell off and it felt like the kind of climbing a mountain analogy. And he was near the top, right? Aaron Rodgers, I think last year, 38 years old. He can see the top. I'm close to the end. Let me go out with a bang. I got to two NFC title games. And all of a sudden, the path was blocked. Now, we can argue here who blocked the path. Was it LaFleur not calling great plays? Is he a genius? Probably not. Uh, was it the front office who kind of soured on Aaron? Was it Aaron who kind of blocked the path to the mountaintop himself? Remember, Aaron Rodgers got a little prickly at the end, did not love how they lost Devontae Adams, did not really want to gel with the young guys. His path to the top was blocked. So at that point, you had a couple decisions, right? I could retire. I could just bail. It's over. I'm done. I'm shutting it down. I'm going to power down into retirement. Aaron Rodgers, that would have been good. But what he did was borderline incredible. When you're trying to get to a goal and you decide that pathway is blocked, think about work, life, sports, you got two options. You can retire. You can call it a day. 
Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to totally go to the bottom of the mountain and start all over. I have decided I'm going to take a new path, completely come down to the bottom, start all over. And that's what Rogers did. Shockingly, he said, I'm going to the Jets. And they haven't won anything. Why, why am I going there? Well, I got to mesh with young guys once again, young receivers. I got a coach who's never been a head coach before. Salah's on the hot seat. I got an owner who nobody likes in New York. I got a GM on the hot seat. He drafted Zach Wilson. He's been a bust. Why would Aaron Rodgers pick the Jets? And you start to listen to his answers about how he is having patience and growth. And you start to be like, wow, do, do I like Aaron Rodgers now? No, I'm, I'm partial because I'm a Jets fan. But I got to wonder if a lot of people out there aren't listening to him and thinking, man, this guy could build something special. He seems like a totally new person. We had Eric Mangini on the herd this week. And I know a lot of people want to pump the brakes. Hey, man, Buffalo Bills, they're going to win the division again. Look out for Miami. Keep an eye on Miami. And the Jets, well, I don't know. They got a new offensive coordinator. Can Rodgers really do it again in a new city? There's so much newness. Eric Mangini, former NFL head coach, had this to say. They could win 11. They, they should win 11. You've got, you've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got a ton of young talent. You lost a lot of close games last year. You're deep into the system defensively you, you this isn't you you've got an offense coordinator that's worked with this guy you've got players that he knows and trusts you've got a down new england you've got an uncertain miami dolphins with, with whether or not Tua can be healthy and buffalo you know who knows where they're going to go in terms of quarterback play is it going to be a lead or is he going to take a step back that expectation should be sky high <laughs> kind of got to love that no I mean, the Jets have a new quarterback with a new focus, a new outlook on life. You got a team that's on the uptick. I mean, folks, they won seven games last year with arguably the worst set of quarterback play in the league. If you're a Jets fan, you know, I'll leave you with this. I think I saw it on a bumper sticker. Today, I, I got to look down on my notes because I actually forgot how good of a bumper sticker it was. Oh, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is getting philosophical. Aaron Rodgers is geared up for a monster season with the New York Jets. Now I'm going to pivot to a different quarterback also uh, who played in the NFC North last year. The outlook not as good for him. One Kirk Cousins, very milk toast quarterback, says all the right things, hard worker, nice guy, very aw shucksy nature to him. Um, but the media does not like Kirk Cousins. Fans do not like Kirk Cousins. He's only got one playoff win. Come on, the guy's overrated, average at best. Or so you think. Kirk Cousins is in this new Netflix show called Quarterback alongside Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota. And the three were sitting down this week. Yes, they were in front of the media. And one of the media members asked Patrick Mahomes, who's the most underrated quarterback in the league? Here's what Patrick Mahomes had to say. I mean, if you look at Kirk over here, man, Wins every year. Puts up great stats. Did it in Washington. Did it in Minnesota. Talk to any other quarterbacks in the league, and they're going to say the same thing. That Kirk Cousins is the most underrated quarterback in the league. Now, I know that's going to... A lot of people are going to say, well, listen, man. He's saying that because he's sitting right next to Kirk Cousins, Jason. That's the incentive for him to say that. And yeah, I can buy that. And I saw the one playoff win, and he's made $200 million. He's made a lot of money playing quarterback one playoff with but folks i did the homework are you ready for this i'm gonna rattle off just a couple other quarterbacks with one playoff win because kirk cousins just he's 33 34 years old one playoff win well lamar jackson has one playoff win deshaun watson has one playoff win jake cutler has one playoff win so Curtin decent right right those guys are not incredible they're good they're considered better than kirk cousins but they're not like amazing all-time quarterbacks they also have one playoff win. Guys like Mike Vick, two playoff wins. Dak Prescott, too. So what are we doing? Can, can we stop talking about quarterback wins? I know, obviously, wins and losses matter. But quarterback wins are not just an indictment of Kirk Cousins. It could be the coaching. Mike Zimmer laid a lot of eggs in his postseason career. Okay? Uh, the defense has never been good. The defense in Minnesota is going to be terrible this year. Like, can we stop with the quarterback wins? We're going to have a former NFL quarterback on the sofa uh, here in about 45 minutes. Couch, sofa, whatever, however you want to call it. Uh, he had four playoff wins. And I don't know how you guys regard Mark Sanchez. You know, he's my guy, former Jets quarterback. But, like, quarterback wins, can we, ju can we just stop banging on Kirk Cousins for having one playoff win? Let's remember 
Let's just let's just remember, Patrick Mahomes is an outlier, okay? Patrick Mahomes, we've never seen anyone like this in league history this early have this much success. It just does not happen. So let's take it easy a little bit on Kirk Cousins. And our staff, you know, we're creative, we're smart, we like the stats. We decided to look into the last five seasons. How does Kirk Cousins rank? Is he average? Is he top of the league, bottom of the league? Oh, would you look at that? We went and cherry-picked a couple stats for you. Completion percentage, kind of important, last five years. Kirk Cousins number one in the league. Passing yards, fifth. Passing touchdowns, fourth. Passer rating, fifth. Uh, him. Maybe Kirk Cousins is a little underrated. I went to Pro Football Focus. Again, just one more data point. Pro Football Focus last year graded out Kirk Cousins as the seventh best quarterback in the league. The year before that, he was fourth. The year before that, 11th. The year before that, 5th. Kirk Cousins is on a bit of a 5-year heater here. I'm not saying he's a top 5 quarterback in the league. I'm not saying he's total garbage, which a lot of people want to say, hey, you're sealing with Kirk Cousins? Maybe a playoff win, maybe a wild card appearance, but you're not winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Uh, that might be true. And I, I think there's an analogy to the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA. They had Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Awesome backcourt. Every season, you could pencil them in for 44 to 52 wins. Solid. Going to sell tickets. They're going to make the playoffs. And then they're going to probably lose in the playoffs to Curry or LeBron or whoever. And that might be the world where Kirk Cousins is. But that doesn't mean he's not one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes himself hyped him up. And by the way, Marcus Mariota was sitting on the panel. And Mariota could have easily said any of, you know, 20 other quarterback is underrated. Like you could have said Daniel Jones from the Giants. Folks, come on. Daniel Jones, really? Um, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I can rattle off a bunch of average to uh, below average quarterbacks that people want to lump Kirk Cousins in with. I'm just saying. I know people say the stats are kind of like a bikini. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. Gotcha, James, for sure. Guys, check out Sports Talk. James Myers, Christina Collin, and my man, Tyrus Lester. They up in the building. They talk about the sports news and the entertainment news as well. Very, very excited for that as well. Now, before we log out here this morning on our show, KLP Aftermath Season 6, I got one more thing. I like to call one last thing for the show. And I kind of want to get y'all's take on this as well. Now, uh, this is pertaining, Simone, to gaming news, right? So, High on Life comes over to PlayStation and PlayStation 4 and 5 after... I want to say about six months it was serving only on Microsoft. It was, it was marketed as a Microsoft exclusive. And this is kind of an open-ended question to all of our fan base out there before we log out this morning. You know, how much money would you spend on a video game that's been out for a couple of months now? Uh, rumors, well, it's not really a rumor, but it's been reported as well. You can check your, your PlayStation Store today. They're retailing High on Life. Now, that was a Microsoft exclusive where it was from the creators of Rick and Morty. They had so many celebrities on uh, voice acting into this video game. And it was, you know, it was, it was up, right? It was a the most played video game. I played it when I had Game Pass. I enjoyed it. I thought it was quirky. I thought it was funny. Um, and it was a, sh a first-person shooter. So I thought this was pretty good. They're, they're retailing this, Simone. For $60 on the PlayStation Store. You've got to be out your good goddamn mind. If you think I'm going to sit here and play a game that's on Game Pass now. For Again, if you're paying that $10, $14 a month for Game Pass. Why on earth do you think I was going to pick this game up for PlayStation for $60 retail? Doesn't make sense. Um, I get it. Games are expensive, but I don't think that they're going to. And I might be wrong in this moment. I don't know. I might be completely wrong. But to sit here and say that they're going to retail this game for $60 and I'm going to pick this game up for $60. No, absolutely not. Now, I've, I've, now I've always, I always I broke my rule a long time ago. I did when, hey, when this game, when a game comes out for $70 and and I would wait to wait for the sales to come in, but I didn't wait. Some games lately, I, I paid the full 70, right? Final Fantasy 16, I'm a Final Fantasy guy, I'm gonna pay. When Spider-Man 2 comes out in October, they got my money already. I didn't pre-order, but they've got my money, right? I'm going to spend $70 for that type of video game because we've never seen 
and we've seen you know spider-man one but right this the sequel right the we think things are changing within spider-man 2 so yes they're going to get my 70 dollars but high on life a game that's been out for six seven months and now you turn around and say hey 60 dollars please no i i don't i don't look i get it playstation trying to make this money but I don't see this happening for $60. I think people are going to wait until this game goes on holiday sale this holiday season. And they might pick it up for $20. Bucks, right? Because I can go on Xbox and play for free with an Xbox Game Pass subscription. Right? So it doesn't make sense to go all out and to purchase a game like this. Of, of this caliber that's been out for several months. And now you're going to turn around and say, hey, we want $60. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that this is going to happen. I don't I don't think so. I really don't. So that's just my one last moment. Comment below what you guys think. Will you pick this game up for $60 even though it's on Game Pass and it's been six, seven months old now? Will you pick this game up? Let us know. we like to hear from you guys. That's going to wrap it up here on our talk show, morning radio show, KLP Aftermath Season 6. Simone, you did awesome with your reporting. Simone, Monica, and James, you guys are awesome. I love you guys. Thank you all for being part of the show. You guys is are, are what make this show blossom and shine, and we love you all for it. So thank you all. Thank you to the fan that's listening on wherever you get your audio platform from, whether it's, you know, uh, Pandora, yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, big one for us. Uh, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, listen to all of our shows, KLB Aftermath. Monica Gray in the evening, sports talk on whatever, wherever you get your audio platform for. And if you're watching the video version or the KLP Aftermath Reels, thank you guys so very much. We worked really hard on those. Thank you so very much. We appreciate it as well. And that's going to wrap it up here. KLP Aftermath Season 6 with your main host, KLP Kennedy Lucas. I say so long. Signing off. Stay safe. Stay swanky. Peace.